Welcome back to Je Ne Sais Quoi. I'm Michelle. And I'm Ada, and we're your hosts. And today we have our third guest, Emily. So, hi. Yes, hi, Emily. It's so good to have you. Um, Thank you so you much wanna... for having me. Of course. We're so overjoyed. Do you want to <laughs> introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I'm Emily. I'm 17 and I went to high school with you guys. I am currently taking a gap year and working on my applications for next year. And I'm very excited to be on the podcast. Woo! Yeah, I'm so excited that Emily's here because even though we went to high school together, we actually first met, I think, in grade five. Mm-hmm. when Emily came to our elementary school and I remember like thinking she was so cool and like yeah. I feel like we've cool. kind of been like in and out of each other's lives and like we've had mutual friends and just, just totally. like just having this kind of conversation is so fun so yeah before we start a lot has happened since our last episode because last time we were talking about of how stressed you were and like how we had so much anticipation and nerves about all the changes that were happening and since then a lot of changes have become reality and so I thought it would be interesting to like kind of check in and um with Emily too even though you weren't didn't tell us how you were feeling last week I'm sure there's been a lot of transitions for you out of summer and into your courses so Michelle, how have you been feeling since our last episode? Yeah, like it feels like when we recorded our last episode, it was like so long ago, even though literally it was just like over a week ago. I've been pretty good. Like, I don't know, it feels weird. It doesn't feel like I started university. Like I am have to remind myself that, yes, I'm in school mode. Like I have to start putting in like good habits like I feel like my procrastination uh, habits of like from high school are kicking in right now and just it is not good like I am the ultimate procrastinator I mean I feel like everyone is and like once you become like a procrastinator there's no going back like I just it, it's just not good so yeah I mean I think I've been pretty good I'm trying to even think of what even happened this past week but yeah I think overall I've been pretty good what about you I've been good as well I was very stressed before moving in and I really agree that it feels like so long ago like I was thinking I mean I guess it is a bit more than the week more than a week because Mm -hmm. even though we put our episodes out on Sunday it's been like a longer gap in between but I think all of the fears about moving really went away as soon as I moved in, but they were very closely followed by an onslaught of like the reality of like all the work I have to do. And I feel like I'm already behind. And then it's just very overwhelming, especially I think like going from high school to university is one thing. And then also going from in-person to online is a whole other thing. So that's Mm -hmm. been really like just being on my screen all the time was really, I wasn't expecting it to like take such a toll as it did. But Emily, how have you been? Like what, what's been happening with you? Well, I am starting um, some online classes. So the first one I've been doing for, I think a couple of days now, which is 
uh, it's like it's a criminal justice course, but it focuses on uh, criminal psychology and specifically studying the minds of psychopaths, which has been really interesting. But it's like just a lot of reading and it's sort of like it's like a D2L class. So it's like you just sort of teach yourself at your own pace which works for some people, but I feel like I could very easily procrastinate on that and get behind. And then I'm also starting an English course, which is like an intensive course. So I can basically just like, because there are going to be like two cohorts, like applying to colleges and universities next year, I'm trying to like beat that and do early applications. So I'm trying to like update any grades that like were kind of like lowish or on the lower end, just so I can like bump up my average a little bit increase my chances of getting in next year which has been like quite a bit of anxiety inducing but um I'm confident that I'll like pull through yeah I know you will thank you so much yeah no I and I was definitely feeling a little bit of like oh my gosh what's the word you guys literally talked about in the first episode of the podcast oh imposter syndrome I was so worried that I was gonna like come on the podcast and like sound really dumb but <laughs> I'm very excited to be here and yeah, I'm I'm really glad. Yay. Thank you. I think that your point about like raising the marks and just like kind of trying to beat the incoming cohorts, multiple cohorts. I think that kind of leads nicely into our subject today, which you came up with. So thank <laughs> you for that, Emily. I think mm-hmm. it's a great sure. subject. So what was what were you thinking when you first thought of the subject self expectations and parental expectations well I definitely feel like the expectations I have of myself are a lot higher than the ones my parents have of me but I just feel like I look up so much to my parents that like I don't want to let them down and so I'm like really trying to do like my best and strive for the best but like my parents have always like taught me that even if I fail like they don't care about letter grades it's more about like the fact that I've given it my all Mm-hmm. And like that's really sweet, but like I'm I I base a lot of my self worth I think on my grades and my performance in school like academically, and so even like knowing that and like knowing that my worth isn't based on a letter grade, I still have this sort of like cognitive dissonance of being like I know that I shouldn't place my self worth in um in a letter grade, and my parents aren't gonna think less of me for it, but I still do. Okay, that is so interesting, because I've always felt that, but I feel like when I've thought about it, I've always been, like, stuck on which way is better. Like, is it better for your ex- your parents to expect more of you or, like, yeah. less of you? Because my parents, I think, have a very similar mindset to yours. Mm-hmm, but same. now that I'm realizing, um, Michelle and I did some polls and questions on our Instagram, mm-hmm. and... I said, what do you expect of yourself? What do your parents expect of you? And who is harder on you, yourself or your parents? Mm -hmm. And most of the people, like I had 88% of the people say um, themselves, not their parents. Mm -hmm. And that was like 50 people who voted for that. And then only seven people voted for their parents. And then some of them also replied um, saying what their parents expect of them. Mm -hmm. And... Like, some of them said, like, oh, my parents expect me to cure cancer and homelessness and (laughs) world hunger and be present also. And then I noticed, like, a lot of the other people, like, the responses are, like, 
almost like inversely proportional to each other where like I feel like the higher your parents' expectations are for you, you kind of like have to have the realistic expectation. Whereas Mm -hmm. when your parents are like have a more maybe realistic expectation or more like holistic expectation, you like almost take on the role of the parent. So mm-hmm. I think I was like always so interesting. like, yeah, I'm, I'm very fascinated by that. And I like, I think in the past I've been stuck on like trying to like frame it in the way of like, Oh, what's better. But I realized that it's, it's, I don't know if one's necessarily better, but it's like definitely related. Mm-hmm. But Michelle, you mm-hmm. said something before, which I think was um, interesting about our generation and how you thought that yeah we're harder on ourselves yeah like I feel like for most people I talk to and know I feel like we put more pressure on ourselves and we expect more out of ourselves than our parents do and I guess that could be even harder if your parents expect a lot out of you and put like a certain standard like a bar that you have to reach And then, I guess, in turn, you would have, like, higher expectations and all of that. But, like, I don't know if that's with our generation or, like, what it is. No, it is subjective, but I I feel like what I've concluded and talked to people, like, I feel that way. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like whether we or our parents, like, realize it, they set an expectation with how they've grown and how they've come to where they are, like... Both my mom and uh, my mom's partner both graduated from UFT and they're like, su- like super smart people. And like my mom got a bunch of like scholarships and like book scholarships and like she's super smart. And like I love her and I look up to her and she's like my hero. My dad went to York and um, he went in for like business and then he realized that he hated it, switched out, went to computer science, realized that he had a huge passion for it. And then dropped out and started his own company and now he's like the head of his own company and like does coding and like is really cool and like super smart but those are like very different expectations they both sort of are like they've like influenced how I've wanted to approach my post-secondary schooling career I think in very different ways and so I think yeah whether they realize it or not like those like how they've got to where they are definitely like impacts how I want to get to where I am yeah yeah now that you say that I can see how what my parents did like and it could be for anything but just I think your example of post-secondary is really good because I think like when you're younger you have all these ideas of oh when I'm a parent I'm going to do this differently or like I'm going to be different from my parents and like you see Mm -hmm. all your parents flaws laid out and it's like you think will be a really easy roadmap for, to like navigate how to be like a better person because you even though I also like look up to my parents so much and like mm-hmm. I think it really plays a big role in my expectations of myself but mm-hmm. in terms of post-secondary I think like at first when I was starting to look at it I was like oh I want to do something different like like they both did arts and I was like oh I want to do science and like be different but now I ended up doing something that's not like the exact same thing but it's actually very similar because they both started out kind of like going to university and doing just like their general programs and that's basically what I'm doing now so it's definitely a subconscious thing 
Totally. But I think it's interesting to like bring it to the surface sometimes. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. And also, like I put on my story too. Well, I first put on the podcast account, not to be salty, only one person replied. <laughs> um, but I thought it was interesting that like someone put that their parents are more okay with them failing than she is, to be honest. And, like, what are your thoughts on that? I feel like you already touched upon that. Mm-hmm. No, I I completely, like, that totally resonates with me. Like I said, like, my parents always grew up telling me, like, it doesn't matter if you fail a class. As long as you've, like, given it your all, that's all we care about. Like, you're, like we will never define your worth based on, like, your grades because you're more than that. And, like, mm. that was a really good thing to grow up with because, like, as a child with, like, major anxiety and, like, learning disabilities that I struggled with math because I have that numeric dyslexia so like for a really long time like I didn't know why I was so bad at math until I was like diagnosed and they're like yeah you're like messing around all your numbers but like I was so anxious about like not being good at math and my parents always like it's not the end of the world like you'll get there it just means that you need to take like more time and I don't think I've ever been really good at like rationalizing like it's okay to fail because it's not the end of the world and like Obviously, part of me knows that, but I think that I'm sort of still grappling with that fact that it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in therapy and I was talking to my therapist, she's like, just talk to yourself like you would talk to a friend, right? Like treat mm. yourself with kindness. Like That's it's okay. really good advice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what I was saying before about how we see our parents' flaws so clearly, I think that's mostly their flaws as parents I don't think we really see their flaws as people because Mm -hmm. when we're younger our parents aren't really people they're just our parents and like that that's like something my therapist also told me just therapy is so good but I know um, like you just put your parents on these pedestals and so we're not able to see the times that they've failed as people we're only able to see their failings as parents Totally. Um, so we see like all these great things that they've done, like going to university, getting mm-hmm. a job, making money, putting food on the table. And we don't see all the times that they've failed. And so maybe they have a more or definitely they have a more realistic view of like that it's OK to fail because they've failed because they're older. Like they've mm-hmm. failed more times already. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think also... I I would say I feel like with our generation like we're like all very scared to fail and like this whole thing about failing is such a prominent thing like I remember so many times over high school like during the four years where I would like have a mental breakdown be like crying like I don't want to fail la 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 and I think Mm -hmm. like in the subconscious I feel like there's a part of my brain that's like don't fail don't fail don't fail and literally I failed Uh, like a course which was like very kind of I don't know what the word is but I feel like that happened like not that I manifested that but like I say like I struggled with math and I hated it and like I feel like I was worried so much about it and like I I remember like over the years that like one time it happened and like now I don't know like I feel like now I could like kind of jokingly talk about it but uh, like Jesus like failing is I don't know I feel like it's part of life you know like mm-hmm. you're going to fail and there's like different 
I like standards and like to everyone like failing looks different totally so I have to wonder like why as Gen Z's and like cusp millennials like why the idea of failing is such like a bad thing and why it's embedded in us from such a young age like I don't know if there's any gender I mean I'm I'm sure there is but I haven't I haven't experienced any other generation but I feel like it's such a universal fear like I think if you ask any high school student now or like university student like what's your greatest fear it's either going to be like the dark or failing (laughs) yeah yeah I okay I have actually two ideas that I've just been like ruminating on during this call Mm -hmm. so I don't know I'll say them and you guys can like see what you think but so the first idea is like kind of what we're talking about parenting which I think like what you're saying Michelle before about how like a generation is so subjective and everything I think it also has to do like a lot with like it's a cultural thing too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I think just the way like um time and place and culture affect parenting or like parenting trends kind of I think like when it's more like gentle parenting or like just that kind of parenting where it's not like you know like corporal punishment or like <laughs> even timeouts I think like I my parents like did not do timeouts for me which I think is kind of I don't know if that's normal but it makes you almost like parent yourself in a way like we were talking about mm. so maybe it's like the way that parenting has changed for a generation hmm. and then I think the second point which is like very unrelated And I don't know if it's true because there have been like times in the past in history where there's been like really similar things. But I honestly think that with the like climate crisis that's happening, there's such a like, like literally in everything I do, there's like, there's only like one chance to like, this sounds like so weird, but I've just been thinking about this so much lately. Like we only have like one chance to save the world, whatever, if you have if you fail like there's no going back like it just seems so final like Mm -hmm. that I think that's kind of like a dark thing to say but I think that's like on the mind of everyone in our generation of like the finality of everything and like the death of our planet in a way no I think as a as a generation definitely we're we're infinitely more aware and have access to all these social justice justice movements happening all around the world just because of the invention of social media and the smartphone and like not to be preachy but like you know like we we are like on our devices like a lot more and we we're like we have the access to literally anything we want and like like you said yeah the there's so much worry and anxiety around um the responsibility we have to like the earth to take care of it and to make sure that um we're doing good to it as it's given so much to us and like I remember even I'm not sure if you guys saw that post going around about us surpassing I think it was called like overshoot day where it's basically we've used as much resources as we can before we start draining it for the year oh I think I saw something about that yeah but that like terrified me like they were like oh yeah we've used as much natural resources as we can without out overstraining the earth and everything past this day is borrowing from time that we don't have and that was so scary it's it's like we can see how the generations before us have failed and the results of their failure is so tangible and destructive like we can see the fires burning the earth Mm -hmm. and it's so Gary, but I'm so happy that you brought up technology too because that's so important like 
with technology, we have the world at our fingertips. And like, when you fail, it's like, how did I, how could I fail when I have the world at my fingertips? Like, this is kind of like a micro example, but with my online courses, I had my first chemistry quiz on Wednesday and I had three tries to do my quiz. And on the final try, it was super easy. It was like about the course outline and it was review from high school. And on the final try, I was like still pretty unhappy with my mark. And it was just so much worse knowing that I had the technology at my fingertips. Like I could have actually Googled the answer, but like it's, I don't know, like there, I feel like there was that video going around at the beginning of online learning where there was like a girl crying and like, she was like, oh, I failed my test. And then her dad or something was like, you could have cheated like you had like the entire Google and she was like I did cheat and then it's like I don't know if you guys remember that but it's like with the technology we have it's like we should be invincible but we're not Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely very like it's very tangible I think also the fact that everything that we're doing is so documented now so like if we go another generation like letting our next generation down like like we've pretty much done as much as we can as a generation, if we're still, if it's still not good enough, then I think that's the fear as well. But sorry, Michelle, what were you saying? No, like, yeah, like now I'm just, I'm thinking a lot like, oh, we're doomed. Like, this is bad. But (laughs) I don't know why. Like, I just thought of this from like, when we were younger, when we would get like tests back and assignments, and we would be like, comparing, and people would be like, coming up to you and be like what's your mark what's your mark and like this would be this whole thing about grades and like how well you do and it's just yeah I don't know that randomly came to me because I just remember that being like such a thing in I don't like primary school and middle school I feel like people still did that and but do you know what like I think tying that into social media I feel like it's so like social media is like kind of a continuation of that almost mm-hmm. like yeah like people like they put their like school in their bios and they're like oh look like I got in here and like it's not I like I understand why people do that because they want to like meet people like at their school like it's it's not like I don't think it's like meant to be harmful but it's kind of like a, a more grown-up way of doing the same thing of like comparing successes I guess yeah no completely I hadn't even thought about that but you're so right it's like it you know in like the trope in a tv show where the mom is like bragging about like where their kid's going and the kid's Mm -hmm. like mom like we're doing that we're cutting the middle man like there's no mom it's just you flexing (laughs) and I mean it, it is good to like be proud of like I think it has been positive for me to like also just be proud of my like kind of be my own mom and be like oh my god like yes Ada, you you did this you're like going to university but then also I'm just like it somehow seems almost too similar to what Michelle was saying about like comparing marks like it just seems like a continuation of something that I was never comfortable with mm-hmm. and I also think with with our generation once again um that there's like this pressure to be perfect and like perfectionism and or like being a perfectionist just I don't know I feel like I'm really being aware of that like I feel like sometimes I'm a perfectionist and I feel like that ties in with like anything you do and I like someone put in to the responses 
to the question I asked on Instagram, they said that they're pressured to be a perfectionist until they burn out. Mm-hmm. And that's I, so harmful, though. It is. Yeah, yeah. I had re- some very similar responses. I had, I think, because um, I was trying to reflect, and maybe after this, we can like reflect on what we expect of ourselves. But mm-hmm. I, well, we've kind of already done that as well. But like, I got responses. Someone just said, perfection. What do you expect of yourself? And I think that's very relatable to me. I had someone say success and happiness, which is also, I think, very, that's like the perfect life when you're successful and happy. And Mm -hmm. I had someone also say that they expected themselves too much. (laughs) So (laughs) like what do I know we were talking a lot about March, but are there any other things maybe not school related that you guys expect of yourself? Huh. I feel like I spend so much time, especially like now with just going into school, that like everything I expect of myself sort of has to do with school. But now that you mention it, yeah, like I've like had a really bad go at it in terms of like body image and like that sort of thing. Like I think I would say probably since seventh grade, I've had a really bad relationship with my body and how I've looked. And then I was diagnosed with body dysmorphia, which basically means that you see yourself different than the way you objectively are and so that like I I always expected myself to look the way the media portrays women Mm -hmm. and I already see more representation than most BIPOC people because I'm white and I'm well I'm white passing and (laughs) and um like straight passing so I think a lot of like I, I have to recognize my privilege in that like I see myself a lot more than a lot of people do, but even still, like, that one sort of, like, portrayal of, like, what a woman should be was harmful to me, and so I can't imagine how harmful it was to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I've felt very similarly in the past, and it, it's, I like how you pointed out that, like, especially as a white person, I see so much of myself everywhere, and it's, like, Mm-hmm. but even so even like with that privilege it's still such an intense feeling of like not not being seen or like not feeling totally mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and I was thinking like this is kind of not related but about like expectations of yourself others other than like being having like the best grades and doing this and that like I was thinking about this last night how I feel like I have this expectation of, like, using my time so wisely. And, like, (laughs) this, like, stress about, you know, not wasting your time and just, like, whatever you're doing should somehow have meaning. And I was, like, thinking about that and, like, how you use your time and how (laughs) I feel like this pressure to always be, I guess, like, doing something productive with your time. Mm -hmm. I feel that so much like that's one of the things that I expect myself because like I think in terms of body image I don't it's not like an expectation it's more of a desire like I desire myself to look a certain way Mm -hmm. but it's like I don't almost like expect it but with Mm -hmm. time I'm like okay I have all this time like now I'm gonna use it perfectly and it's gonna I love what you said about it meaning something so yeah but like I don't know on that subject because we're kind of running out of time. I think we should just like tell our listeners that 
however you've spent your time this past week, whether you started university or if you're taking a gap year or if you're um, at your job, going to work, whatever you're doing, like that's like a good way to spend your time and like listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was such a wonderful experience you guys I'm so happy that I got to sit, a, sit down and talk to you yeah I feel like we could go on for like hours I feel like with all our guests wait like when the time kind of we know is running out I'm like oh you know like it's so enjoyable wow. to talk to different people and hear your views and your thoughts about it yeah I think especially like about intelligent and insightful conversations that like isn't small talk which I don't feel like we have a lot of nowadays so I'm excited like this really meant a lot to me thank you so much Mm, thank you and before you go what is a song that you want to share with our listeners oh my goodness this was very hard for me to choose because I feel like I've been listening a lot to a lot of music in quarantine recently but the song that I've probably been listening to most this week is off of Dominic Fike's new album, which I've mm-hmm. been loving, and it's called Vampire. So I totally recommend that song. It's a bop. Wow. I, I've, I've been meaning to listen to, like, his music, and I know that he has, like, a new album out. So got to check that out. I'll add it to our playlist, <laughs> the Je ne sais quoi playlist. I feel so honored. <laughs> um And... I'll share my song so I I had this song like on repeat I swear like a week ago and I've been playing it and there's something like it's kind of a sad song it's called um it's not called um it's called is there (laughs) something in the movies by Samia and I just kind of discovered her and it's from her new album called the baby And there's this line in it, which I think what I was talking about before about like using our time wisely and stuff where she says, and everyone dies, but they shouldn't die young. And I don't Mm. know, I was thinking about like time and how you never really know, not to get all deep on you, whoa, but like (laughs) when, like you never know where you You never know know how much you have. Yeah, you have. And like Mm. when your time's up and like using your time wisely. And I feel like there's so many young lives that's been taken and it just oh I feel like that line just like hits like when I hear that and everyone dies but they shouldn't die young I don't know it's very emotional so I would recommend checking it out yeah that's a beautiful line my song was very comforting to me last week when I was going through a lot of the transitions that were really stressing me out and it's called spiraling by Diana Lopez and it's just very calming I also had it on repeat it was like a little comfort blanket for me so I hope that you can listen to it if you're feeling stressed out Mm -hmm. yeah guys I should have went with a sad song I went with like a poppy little like indie moment (laughs) oh no I'm so excited to listen (laughs) yeah like (laughs) That's what I need to hear. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to listen to yours, too. I love that line. That was so, like, oof. I know. Yeah. Like, I'm going to ha- have that song on repeat today, I feel like. I <laughs> but, 
Yeah, like, okay, I feel like it's sad when conversations end, because I just feel like it's so enjoyable to talk to you, especially, Emily, like, this is just... Thank you. We've got to have a part two, or, like, have you back on. I would love that. Oh, my gosh. So good. Yeah, well, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you, Emily. Okay, well, bye.